Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to The Range on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Ralph Irvin, and I want to take you inside the world of golf equipment, an ever-changing landscape of innovation, where the goal is to help you enjoy the game of golf more and more as the days and years go by. We've talked with the men and women behind golf products for many years, and those relationships have laid the groundwork for this show, where we can sit down and just talk about the game we love and the products that these creators have mastered. And it's appropriate that we talk about creators in episode one as we look at Adidas, the brand that champions creators in all aspects of fashion and sport. With that, we welcome Mason Dennison, the global footwear director for Adidas Golf. He's now with us on the range. Mason, how you doing today? I'm doing great sitting here in my garage. Ralph, you know I love talking footwear and I'm just looking over your right shoulder and I'm seeing a lot of yellow boost boxes, which makes me happy. That puts a smile on my face. Yeah, there are a few of those boost boxes around for sure. Uh, there are so many places to start this conversation, and it's kind of tough to find a starting place. So we'll just go with 2020, where you've pushed the boundaries with Code Chaos. And these are very technical and obviously look very different. What inspired this design? Well, you know, we wanted to be disruptive. That was the theme for the season was we, we feel like we're leaders in innovation and, in, and, and design. And there was a lot of product in the market the last couple of years that um, looked sort of similar to us. And we decided it was time to break the norms and really stand out again. And, and Code Chaos was born out of a disruptive mindset, both in look. So it looks unusual um, or not like your typical golf shoe or like a trainer, heavily textured mesh, the outsole wrapping up but also functionally giving you comfort, but also amazing for a spikeless shoe. Um, it's kind of interesting now. There's so much chaos going on in the world. We certainly didn't hope for <laughs> Code Chaos was meant to disrupt the market and, and stand out as a, as a golf shoe. Um, um, unfortunately, with everything going on right now, the um, obviously the market's got, gone through some tough times. But I think what's exciting for us is things are opening back up. Golf is a sport that you can easily do uh, through social distancing and we're excited that people are going to be able to put Code Chaos products on their feet as they play golf in the coming weeks. And you really are shaking things up with the high top BOA model. Yeah, we do. And, and again, that was uh, built out of um, wanting to look and function differently. You know, that acts as a nice little, uh, you know, uh, booty construction over your ankle, provides support, that great BOA system really closing down evenly over the foot. Uh, and talk about BOA and its success. If you just look at uh, our Japan market, for instance. Um, the Code Chaos BOA and Code Chaos products alone have driven us to record market shares. We're in fact uh, the number one brand there for the first time in seven years. Uh, market share had, has grown about 50% year over year in terms of where we're at in share. Um, so we've definitely disrupted over there, driven in large part by that shoe you just And that leads into this. I mean, how long is the design process for these shoes or for any shoes in your line really? It takes longer than people think because uh, we, you know, shoes are, I always say that, um, you know, apparel is definitely a little bit more, it's, there's technology, but it's a lot of it's color and fabric. Uh, footwear is more like a driver. Uh, people want to put it on their foot. They want to feel it. It's got to look right. It's got to give them performance. It's got to give them traction. Um, so it takes us about 18 months, really, from when we set out to figure out what we want to do to all the different prototype reviews get in front of our key uh, you know, markets to see um, how they're going to arrange this product, get in the marketing plans. Um, it's a year and a half to a two-year process. Um, so it's, it's pretty complicated. 
uh, when you really look at it from start to finish. Well, and just talk about that two-year process. I know my, one of my first uh, dreaded stories with Adidas was coming and touring the offices, what was it, back in 2007, and taking pictures, not knowing that I was taking pictures of the models that were two years out. <laughs> I think we busted you for, for a while after that. You weren't allowed back in the building for about a year. That was back with Dave Ortley, if I remember right. I, yeah. I remember being in his office with you and you were grinning from ear to ear, looking at this whole global line on, that was on his wall. And and of course, I was sitting there thinking it was super cool that we had uh, you know Ralph in, a media person in, with so much excitement. And you started snapping off pictures. And I don't think either of us thought too much about it at the time. But um, when you left the building and started posting some of those. <laughs> yeah. It definitely broke embargoes, so to speak. Well, let's jump in the Wayback Machine, Mason. And what is the first shoe that you really worked on there at Adidas? The original Tour 360. And uh, it's ironic coming up for me on a, I'm, I've been to the, with the company Adidas almost 16 years. And I literally came into the company um, at what I feel like it was the perfect time if you look at a historical footwear perspective. I came in just ready to do whatever it took to help drive our business. I was in um, the testing team at the time. I was, uh, you know, measuring people's feet and qualifying people to test our product. I'll never forget the day that they brought this shoe to me and said, this is the next big shoe for, for 2005 that we want to test. Um, and we really need you to put it on our best testers. And I opened the box and pulled this thing out. And it was, it was super athletic. It had a split in the middle. You know, there's a hole through the middle. It had the three stripes going all the way around. And then they told me it was going to be $180. And even I at the time was thinking, there's, I don't know if this can be successful. This seems like it's really pushing the boundaries. But, you know, it, it's near and dear to my heart because it was the original 360. It took our market shares from 3%, you know, and doubled it overnight. Um, and then we've really grown from that point onward. And it's our most historical product. It's our most important franchise. And I was a part of it from testing and qualifying it all the way through to seeing it hit retail. Um, so it holds a special place in my heart. It's funny you mentioned the price point because a lot of people may not realize that a shoe is often higher priced because it's a more expensive build. And conversely, there are models that may cost less, but still be premium quality. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into shoes and there's there's different materials, you know, spike, spikeless um, materials like Boost, which are obviously much more expensive. So, you know, we definitely offer a lot of, we try to offer best in class value no matter what price point we hit. But um, yeah, at that time, $180 shoe is probably what would be a $250 shoe today. I mean, that's probably how I would equate it. So it was definitely a price point that we were told to stay away from. Like we weren't going to be successful there and so it was something that we took a risk and uh, it worked out for us. Now we solicited some questions from our fans online. This is our first one. This one comes actually from Korea. Question is what goes into the decisions about color and design? In other words, why do you choose the colors you choose in a given uh, collection year? Uh, that's a very good question. And it's a loaded question because there's a lot that goes into color. So. I think a couple things first and foremost is we have a color team that looks at trends and future colors. So we're looking out um, 18 to 24 months and to see what colors are going to be um, applicable in the fashion world. And then we're looking at colors that um, are going to be used throughout Adidas. So whether it's the new Ultra Boost running shoe or it's um, the new uh, Predator soccer shoe, we're also using colors that are going to be important across Adidas as a brand. And then we also look at golf. So we look at what's going on in our apparel lines. Um, 
and trying to make sure that we have head to toe looks at times for our athletes. And so it's a combination of all that, but we're also not naive to the fact, Ralph, that there's certain times when a, a full color just needs to be a good color that is good standalone in the world of golf and it needs to match with a lot of outfits. And that's why you oftentimes see a, a core white silver or a really clean black as we know we need those colorways um, that go with everything. And we've even had athletes like Joaquin Neiman and Xander tell us, I want, sometimes I only want to pack one shoe and I need to know it goes with every outfit. So we have to have those clean um, colorways usually that go with every outfit. But where we blend in color, Back to trends, it goes back to tying to apparel, what's going to happen in the rest of Adidas from a group perspective, and that's how we blend it in. Now, last summer at the U.S. Open, we looked at the first model of shoes that were made with Parlay, and those can be now found in the Code Chaos Prime Blue. Uh, how'd that material come about? Uh, it just It's our um, effort to end plastic waste. That's a huge focus for, for our, um, our company, and we, we are um, on a path. To, to be leading in that way for, for a sporting goods brand. It's something we're very proud of. Um, everything from Parlay from the Oceans, which we've launched through uh, limited editions over the last couple of years, um, to now we're gonna have products that um, contain, contain uh, different amounts of recycled plastic that's moving throughout more of our lines. And by 2024, we will have 100% um, recycled polyester in our products that use or use polyester material. Um, so it's, um, it's something that's just, it's a core competency that we have. We, we feel like as a brand through sport, we have the power to change lives. And if we're going to have that mantra and we, and, and you do it through performance, right? We're, we're giving people products that help them perform, whether it's running faster or better grip in the golf swing or more comfort, but also we feel like we got to help them, um, in their lives and the planet too. And, and so this is awesome because we can take plastic or products that would end up in the ocean our um, plastic that would end up in the ocean, spin it into raw material and use it in our products. And it's so cool to be able to help out the planet in that way. It's cool uh, from a storytelling perspective. Um, and I think it's just, it's something that means a lot to us. And we're very proud to be on the forefront of, and in the coming years, you're only going to see more and more in that realm. So I'm very excited to see um, you know, what's coming down the pipeline. And I think consumers uh, will be as well. Well, and it had to be, you know, exciting for you to see when we just had the uh, uh, driving relief with TaylorMade and, and Dustin was just rocking those prime blues on the course there at Seminole. It was, and there was a, you probably saw the post, there was a lot of posts about, you know, all the shoes had a different look, what, what were people's favorites, um, everyone has a different reaction to that. I thought he looked phenomenal. I mean, his, his outfit was really clean, that shoe was really cool looking with the the ocean plastic thread that went around it, but was still wearable. You know, it had some colors in there, the light blues, um, it had some color pop, but it was, uh, it was still very clean and wearable. And we got very good response to that. And that's actually been one of the top selling styles globally this spring for us, especially um, on our e-com channel, we've been tracking that. So it uh, definitely resonated with the consumer as well, which is a great initial read on the importance of sustainability to the golf consumer. Well, and you talk about, I mean, dialing back to what we talked about with Code Chaos, that had to be shocking to you that Dustin Johnson was interested in wearing those shoes to begin with because well, he's been such a cleated guy his whole career. I was, I'll be 100% honest with you. I was very nervous about 10 to 12 months ago because as you can imagine, when we started to say Code Chaos was going to be our hero story, all of our markets and everyone looked at me, including the marketing team and said, well, how many tour players are going to wear that shoe? And you really never know until you get the actual samples, the samples, 
and you put it on their feet and they go play because they have to have, they have to prove that it has the grip. So uh, it wasn't until the photo shoot, which happens in September, October, that we really got final product on people's feet and got the testing um, into a person, whether it was Sergio, whether it was Dustin, whether it was uh, Joaquin Neiman, what, you know, John Rom, they all loved the product and we built it to grip better than any spikeless shoe we've ever made. We put the knowledge we had into it, all the innovation with that twist grip. And of course we felt good about it, but again, until you put it on those players and you watch them hit and they go take it and test it, you cross your fingers and you really hope that they like it. And in this case they did. Well, that leads into this question from Jason in Florida. He asks, how much input do your top Adidas players have in shoe design and how does that affect the design process? They have a massive impact and it, and it depends on what part of our line, right? So if you look at really the lower price points, the core products, they're not so much with those. Those products do draft on what we've learned from those pinnacle innovation products. But if you look at something like a new two or 360 or a code chaos type of product, they are absolutely working with us hand in hand throughout the whole process. By that, I mean, we actually get their sizes in. We pay to open up the, the molds for their sizes so we can get them at prototype one, prototype two. We're giving them shoes, we're meeting with them, and then they're playing and giving us the feedback. Uh, and we're meeting with these, these top players a couple times throughout the year. They're even telling us color, Ralph, like um, this is distracting from a toe down. This is going to be hard to match with navy or black. Why don't you change it to this? And we don't always change it exactly to what, they're, what they say. We, we have to have a global lens and look at the market as well. But we take the feedback from those best players, particularly on performance, meaning grip, stability, uh, things like that. But we also take the visual cues um, and we work that back into our product. Absolutely. It's something that probably people wouldn't think happens so much in footwear. You would think that's more of a club thing, but with footwear, they're just as picky. Um, if not more, it's got to look exactly the way they want. It's got to match their personal style and it's got to fit to different types of feet, right? Everyone's foot is different shape, different, different instep height. And then it's got to have the performance that they want as well. Now you talk about meeting with players. Obviously you haven't been able to do that of late. You've been having to work from home. Have you found different inspirations in this new life that you've experienced? I mean, it, 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 I was thinking about it and it's like, it could be something as simple as I used to buy coffee, now I make it and making coffee inspired this great idea or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, you know, interesting. These are interesting times, right? And it's forced us to do our jobs differently. So, you know, we've been working on future product lines where we normally would travel the world and meet with our teams and do inspiration trips. And we've been doing it virtually, so to speak. So we're going to, we're traveling the world through our computer and looking at images. And um, it, it's allowed us in some ways to really maximize, um, you know, our digital first approach and really, you know, look at what's selling, look at reviews online and, and absolutely, um, looking at what's going on right now with the world and how that could affect things down the line and how people purchase, um, how they wear their product. You know, we definitely think people are um, going to be walking more, which really leads well into things like Boost, right? Lightweight products and Boost products, I think are going to be something that, you know, we see as a trend that could come as people really get out there and, and walk first and foremost to make golf something that's getting outside and exercising. So. It's everything from looking at how this situation might change how people play, um, but also, yeah, being inspired in new ways. You know, I'm, I'm walking down the road now close to my house on a walk and I get an idea. I definitely write, put it into my phone. And um, I think in some ways we're freer to think right now because we have a little bit more time to think. 
And we're trying to use that in my team, um, in Adidas Golf Footwear team, in a positive way and really think about how we can capitalize on this unique moment to really think about what the golf consumer is going to want the next one to two years and bring in the coolest stuff that's going to be comfortable, look radically different, um, and really set the bar in the industry. I imagine you seeing something like, as you say, out on a walk, and it inspires and you're like racing to get on the phone with somebody just to share this idea. Like this has to be shared. This is blowing my mind right now. I have a, I have these lists that I make. Uh, I have sticky tabs on my computer, the little sticky note, the, the digital sticky note. And then of course my phone, but yes, embracing my mind's working throughout the day. I mean, I was on a motorcycle ride going down Coast Highway last week. I, I occasionally ride a motorcycle. I try to stay off the, the, the highway, the big highways like I-5. Um, and this was doing, during the bioluminescence, um, if you can remember. And the, the blue color was coming up through the wave. And I thought that was such a beautiful color. I actually stopped, snapped a picture when, it, you know, when the blue color came up. And it got me thinking about using that as inspiration for a color in a product. But it's just one example. But... Um, you know, yes, my mind's racing a lot. I think that's because we're obsessed about product and the consumer, but whether it's a new traction design, a new color in the product, a new um, innovation that could help someone down the line, we're obviously um, always writing that stuff down. And one thing that you mentioned briefly, it's been amazing how e-commerce has really picked up during this time. People can't play golf, yet they're still wanting to go and buy golf product. They are. And, you know, it's the only door that's open. It's open 24 seven. And with everything had, you know, being closed the last 60 days, it was still the only place that people could go um, and, and purchase products, including our partner.coms as well. Right. So um, it definitely put more importance on, on, on the, um, selling through that channel, of course. Now we also we, we recognize that there's thousands of, of mom and pop shops out there and green grass shops and so we, you know, we're working hard to support them in every way we can to make sure that when they're up and running, that we we can sell our products in those in those doors as well. But yes, sixty days, that being the only door that's really open, so to speak, we've seen a lot of traffic there um, and a lot of interest in our products, which is great. It bodes well for when things open back up. I think, you know, seeing the hopefully good sell through continue. Going back to talking about the pros. You've seen me. You've actually seen when I see a new collection. I see that wall of next season's shoes and my eyes get really big. I get excited. Do you get that with some of the pros when you're showing them what a new final design is going to look like? Do you get that sense of excitement from them? We do. It, it depends on personality, right? It depends on when you're in front of them. I mean, you got to remember these pros are getting, as you know, Ralph, they're hit up by, they're, they're so busy all the time. There's so many things that they're, you know, whether it's media and, uh, you know, the, the brand, the, you know, the photo shoots and, uh, you know, being on TV while they're playing and all the other responsibilities they have. But I will tell you, they are kids in a candy store when they get in front of the new footwear line and they are so into it. Like, you wouldn't imagine like, again, they pick up the shoe, they have questions right away on when it's going to launch. The, the hardest thing we have is usually when we show them something, to a year out from when they actually can wear it. And the thing that we get most is, are you kidding me? You're going to do this to me again? You're going to do something that's so cool and I can't wear it for another 10 to 12 months. Um, so we always say we want to do the men in black with them where we show them everything and then zap them and they forget. 
and they really love what they're wearing right now again. Because <laughs> that's, that's always the challenge is teasing the future and they get excited and they wear it and they love it because we always try to make things better. But then saying, hey, remember, you're supposed to really love this that you're wearing right now that we're, you know, that we're selling for the next six to 12 months. Um, but yeah, they love it. They, um, they get very excited uh, with their outfits as well, their apparel and the colors and what they're going to be scripted in at the majors. And um, they're definitely kids in a candy store. Well, I mean, it's, it really takes, I can imagine it takes them back to like when kids were, as a kid, you play little league and you get your uniform and you lay it out on the bed to see what it looks like. And that's going to be their uniform for the coming year. So, so of course they're, they, they are getting geeked. They're getting geeked and they get all that shipment at the beginning of the year too. You know, they get all their apparel and footwear shipped to them, you know, scripting for the big events, the majors where, but in a lot of weeks, they're just picking from a color collection going on for a couple of months so they get these these shipments and they lay out their outfits and some of them have more like personal stylists that help them of course some of them feel confident that they're going to dress themselves the way they want but they literally lay out their outfits we get pictures from them when they're like oh my gosh christmas came early and it's all their new clothes for collection one you know with their footwear for you know, january february march let's say and um they just they love it and there's so much good product i mean the hard thing sometimes is what do you wear you know and there's so many, there's so many products out there that are exciting. And, um, so it's, it's cool to see them get excited, even at their level with how much experience they have, them being on TV, being famous, that, um, they're still super excited about getting their gear. Well, and it's funny. I mean, I, in, here in my shop, I've got shoes. I've have an original tour 360. So I have shoes that are forever, but the tour pros, how often are they going through a pair of shoes? I know, in, like, if you remember, if you saw the last dance with Michael Jordan, you're seeing that he's putting on a new pair of shoes every game. And it's not exactly like that for the tour players. It's not, that varies as well. It's a very interesting question. It depends on personality. It might shock you, but we have some players who say that they'll wear a shoe for four to six months. I say that might shock you because you, they get free shoes, they get free pairs, they can wear as you know, they want. And you've got to imagine that when they're in season and they're playing, they're playing five, six days a week and they're on their feet for six to eight hours a day. So they are absolutely abusing their shoes um, way more than the average consumer. Um, but then we also have players that just love a fresh, clean look. They really want it to look brand new. Um, they want to look super clean. Uh, and they might change out their shoes once a, once every three or four weeks. So it definitely does vary. It varies by personality. Um, I think sometimes, too, a player starts to play good. And it's this whole mantra of, like, that process that if I'm playing good, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We'll get into a groove, we've heard, where they're playing really, really good, and they're wearing a shoe, and they'll stick with that for quite a while. Um, it's broken in. It, it You know, they like the look of it already. Uh, everything's going well. It's just like having a nice wedge that, every, you know, why, why change it? So uh, it been, depends on personality. Um, and also, also when we launch product too. So sometimes if we launch a new color, um, they'll switch right into that because it goes with that apparel collection. So there's different reasons for, um, for them switching for sure. Now, one thing people may not know is if you work in golf, which you do, you likely play a lot less than uh, <laughs> you might like. How often are you able to tee it up before all this was going on? Um, not very much to be candid with you. And, um, that's, um, that's, um, something that I'm hoping to work on. Um, I've, I play once every two or three months, Ralph, and I would love to play more, but as much as I typically travel for work, um, and then trying to make the kids sporting events and everything going on in life, it's hard for me to give up five or six hours. 
I do take my kids to hit golf balls. Um, and I have played recently as things opened up a little bit. We went to Aviara, which I think you obviously know pretty well. Beautiful course. I played it with you. You did. Yes. <laughs> uh, love that place. We played it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, two days after they started allowing, I think, carts as well. You could go as a single on a cart. So um, I'm still proud of the fact that I can, you know, I'm a six. So I shoot in the high 70s, low 80s, which playing six times a year and not practicing too much. I'll take that. Um, but um, I would love to start getting out more and working on that handicap, getting that lower. All right. So we heard your excitement about Code Chaos. I think I know the answer to this one at this point because you kind of give us a clue. But excluding that shoe, what's your favorite all-time model of Adidas golf shoe? Woo! That is such a tough question. My favorite thing all time. You know, I, I, I'm torn on that one because it's hard to not go back to the OG 2 or 360, which when I started in the company, um, I can only answer that probably by throwing a couple things out, if that's okay. Um, because I can't, I'd have to think about it more. I'd have to get back to you on that one. Uh, the original 2 or 360 is right there. Um, the 2 or 360 in 2016 that we relaunched is right there. Um, the big reason for that is, you know, when I started in the company, I was just the tester, right? But the, the 16 relaunch, I was in the director role. To dip back into my knowledge of the the first launch and help bring that to life from from a, a new position in the company having more responsibility so that was really really fun um so two or 360 and then honestly code chaos uh, recently is probably the most exciting launch that um, i've seen from us in terms of energy behind it through uniqueness positioning storytelling so i would say two or 360 and then this recent Code Chaos are the two things that really stand out. And, I've, and I love both of them. They're both completely different. One is spiked and more leather and a little, a little heavier. And one is like spikeless and textile with film on it and more edgy. So, but you know how we are in product, Ralph? We love everything we make. That's the problem. Every year it seems like, oh, I love this more than I loved something last year. And it's like they, t they talk about... It's hard to compare generations of players, like who's the greatest of all time. You know, you're watching the, the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary and everyone wants to compare players. It's hard because every generation things change. The rules change. What's available to you to use changes. So I think you have to do it by five or 10 year increments. You have to do it by decade, let's say. I'm just going to say you're just treating them like they're all your kids and you can't choose a favorite. <laughs> because or, or, the way they are. The <laughs> or that could be the problem. Well, Mason, it's always a pleasure talking footwear with you. We both are shoe fiends, especially those built for the course. And there is so much more to talk about, but we will have to do that another time. Mason, thanks for joining us here for our inaugural episode of The Range. Uh, Ralph, a pleasure as always. I'm so glad to be the first one on this. Thank you for your continued support. And uh, I'm so excited to see golf starting to open up again. And we can all get out there and enjoy this amazing game um, that we love. Thank you. That is Mason Dennison. He is the global head of footwear for Adidas Golf and really one of the great people in the world of golf. Always fun to talk shoes with him. Now, one more note, as we return to golf courses around the world, please remember that a lot of golf courses are small businesses and they need our support now more than ever. So get out there, be safe and enjoy the sun and enjoy a fantastic walk out on the course. 
If you want to learn more about golf equipment, subscribe to us on YouTube at The Golf Spotlight. You've gotten this far, so subscribe to us on iTunes or follow the range on Spotify. And stay up to date by following The Golf Spotlight on Instagram. We are here to share the stories behind the gear, and it's all designed to make your golf game even more enjoyable. So we'll see you next time right here on The Range. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.